He grew up in a house in the valley with a daddy who was one long cigarette. And his mama walked out on a Friday night with a man that she'd just met. He liked walking the blacktop streets in the rain in the dark when the city was dead. The machine gone to sleep, he could hear himself think, and he liked he what he saw in his head. Her sad blue eyes. He found work at the yard, picking apart cars out on Springfield and Lariat. Likes a girl with scars on her arms, to prove she ain't seen what she wants to yet, with her sad blue eyes. Don't you see it, boy? Everything's a circle in this town. The best you give can't fix what cannot be found. Good morning. Welcome to the morning show. My name's Jimmy. It's August 13th. It's Thursday. It's 9, uh, 9.12 in the morning. I'm 12 minutes late. Might have to be a shorter show. Jeffrey Martin is playing the guitar and singing songs. I like Jeffrey Martin a whole bunch. I like Jeffrey Martin a whole bunch. I don't know if he's popular. This album that this song is on, One Go Around, is one of my favorite albums. If you like slow songs with good storytelling, check them out. The song is called Sad Blue Eyes by Jeffrey Martin. It's so alive. So alive before Corona hit when I was going to the Rockwood Music Hall a lot. I am so tired. Might have to reschedule how we do these late night record sessions and early morning record sessions. I'm so tired. That's why I stayed with a nice slow song. All right. Um, running late already, but yeah. What's up, everybody? How you doing? We got... In YouTube, we got Scott, we got Kyle, we got Detroit Dabber, No Name, Jax, Xander, Kyle Vidanio, Rob, Troy, Jill and Abe. Good morning, everyone. Over on Periscope, we got Josh Osborne, Zinsberger, Spirit. Uh, let's see, on Facebook, my dude Enrique, um, Todd Father, Chris, Peter. What's up, everyone? Welcome. Coming to you live from the Roosevelt Studios. I put... I popped on this shirt. Let's throw the tag on it. Um, it's a Back to the Future one. These Roosevelt shirts are crazy loud. It's Back to the Future shirt. We have so many shirts from Roosevelt's here. It's crazy. All right. Um, let's see what we got going on today. We got Jeffrey Martin. Boom. Done him. The town today, the weather in Big Stone Gap, Virginia at 72 degrees and partly cloudy. Big Stone Gap, Virginia. It was formerly known as Mineral City and Three Forks, which is a fancy dinner table setting. But I'm going to guess there was like forks in the river or something, and they didn't name it off of a fancy dinner table setting. And then in 1888, they called it Big Stone Gap. 
Big Stone Gap uh, refers to the valley created. So this is Big Stone Gap. There's a movie called Big Stone Gap with Ashley Judd. More on that later, maybe. Uh, for sure, sleepy Thursday vibes today, says Morning Abe. Tim says you're putting me to sleep. Good, man. Put myself to sleep. That's the plan. Look how tired I look. We're just we're all gonna go to sleep together. Jeffrey Martin. I fall asleep to that album a lot. Big Stone Gap. Big Stone Gap. It's the Big Stone Gap. Here it is. It looks like uh I don't know if I can find a drone shot. Got a quality inn and suites in Mountain Empire Community College. People have definitely met and fallen in love there. How about that? Okay, here's the big stone gap. Frog Level Park. What a great park name. Frog Frog Level Park baseball field. Got my first home run at Frog Level Park. By South Fork Powell River. Let's check out this baseball field, see if it's any good. We're going in to Wood Ave. Oh, no. Pretty shitty field. Pretty shitty field. Thought it was going to be a good baseball field. It's not. I'm guessing this is one of the mountains that this gap exists in. We got to play GeoGuessr sometime. I play the most boring version of GeoGuessr, but I'm always getting 20,000 points. Always. They got a Burger King here. Union Middle School, Family Drug, Salvation Army. Big Stone Gap. Big Stone Gap. What else did I write about it? Oh, want to know what's cool? Let's see if we can find a newspaper. Elizabeth Taylor, the actress... The one that looks like this, Elizabeth Taylor. She choked on a chicken bone. Choked chicken bone in Big Stone Gap. How about that? They got no... Oh, here it is. Here's the headline. When Elizabeth Taylor, the actress, <coughs> choked on a chicken bone uh, in Big Stone Gap. Miss Taylor is in good condition after after accident that's good news after she choked on the chicken bone in big stone in big stone gap so here she is being loaded onto what a thing to have on your wikipedia she's being loaded onto an ambulance in a gurney she choked on a chicken bone in Big Stone Gap. They were at, when she choked on this chicken bone, they were at Fraley's Coach House. I wonder if it's still there. Now, if you're Fraley's Coach House in Big Stone Gap and Elizabeth Taylor choked on a chicken bone at your, at your restaurant, do you have this newspaper, Fraley's Coach House, Big stone gap. Do you have this picture on the wall? A chicken bone sticks in the throat of Elizabeth Taylor. That's the article. 
She was married to uh, Republican John Warner, and they were campaigning around. And those big stone gap chicken bones, you know what they say about those. Be careful. May choke. She, she survived. I want... Okay. We have an image of Fraley's... Looks like it's not a thing anymore. It's a bummer. So, all right, that's an interesting claim to fame. Almost killed Elizabeth Taylor with your unruly chicken bones. It's one of the paragraphs on Wikipedia. They made a movie about Big Stone Gap. It looks like, uh, you know, someone's version of Garden State. Set in the 1970s, making a writing a, a book about your hometown. Let's watch a trailer for it. Ashley Judd's in it. I was born and raised in Big Stone Gap. Born and beautiful. I don't know why you honking a horn. I'm Whoopi Goldberg is in it. See me. Before I knew it, it was 1978, and I turned 40. I was the old maid. Well, at this point, you just wow. gotta take whatever you can get. She's a seamstress. Out last night, Sue Tinsley. Come on, she's a cat. Okay. <laughs> Gary Cooper, a big stone gap. Now you had share sooners. Dirt all over their faces. Coal mining town. No less about man. Whoopi got her nickname because she farted a lot. I've ever known, never been wrong. You don't need a book right, right, to learn. Go watch that movie if you want to watch that movie. Big Stone Gap, romantic comedy. Takes place in Big Stone Gap. Whoopi Goldberg's in there. Whoopi Goldberg's, do you guys know that her nickname is just because she farted a lot? It's like a real, that's the real reason why she has her nickname. Big Stone Gap Drone. I think it's just become so common that we call her Whoopi that people don't realize why we call her Whoopi. And it's because she used to fart on set a lot. She was like a walking Whoopi cushion. I just think the as generations have come and gone, people forget that. Big Stone Gap's pretty cool. Little valley town nestled in the mountains. It's kind of a cool setting. We're flying over the town right now. They filmed that movie in the town. That would be really exciting. It's a Chevrolet dealership. Just go faster, the YouTube video. We're all trying to enjoy the scenes of Big Stone Gap. It's the random town of the day. Let us enjoy it. Elizabeth Taylor almost died here. Whoopi Goldberg was in a movie here with Ashley Judd and Dharma. I don't know her real name. And the other one from 30 Rock and Kimmy Schmidt and the dude from Sweet Home Alabama Kind of playing the same role. Who else was in the movie? That's all. This drone kind of blows, but Big Stone Gap looks like it gets really pretty in the fall. Looks like probably, let's Google Big Stone Gap in the fall. Big Stone Gap in the fall. Big Stone Gap, autumn. Autumn will be easier. Images. No, not much to offer here. All right, Big Stone Gap, cool name, Elizabeth Taylor, choked down a chicken bone there, and then they filmed a movie 
And that's all I have to say about that. A random baseball player of the day is Cy Slap Nicka. Cy, known as one of the best scouts in all the land. His playing career is kind of weird. He played and then he went seven years without playing. He played 18 years in the minor leagues, but he was one of the better scouts ever. Check out all the people that this dude signed as a scout. Hugh Alexander, Bill Andrews, Bobby Avia, uh, Lou Baudreau, Dick Brown, Gordy Coleman, Herb Crampton, Vern. All right, ready ready for good ones? Bob Feller, Chuck Hiller, uh, Stu Lachlan, Roger Maris, Fred Marsh, Rudy Rigaldo, Herb Score. This guy recruited three different guys named Dick. How about this? Dick Brown, Dick Rosek, and Dick Stigman. All recruits of Cy Slapnica. Anyway, recruiting was so... Um, recruiting and signing minor league players was so... so There was like a Wild West back then that he almost... He, he did a lot of shady things to sign players. He almost lost them, Bob Feller. Bob Feller... Signed him at like 16 for $1 in an autographed baseball. This is how the story goes. He signed Bob Feller, and I've been to the Bob Feller Museum. I wonder if I can find an Im- uh, a picture of that. Jake and I have been to the Bob Feller Museum in Van Meter, Iowa. Anyway, he, uh, what are you talking about? That page doesn't exist. Kick your ass, Instagram. Anyway, this dude... Oh, I'm going to fight Instagram right now. This dude uh, signed Bob Feller, 16 years old. He signed him for $1 in autographed baseball. And the other teams, and then what did he do? Feller was then assigned to New Orleans, another Cleveland farm club. The problem arose because Feller never reported to either minor league team. He just joined the Indians at the end of the school year in 1936. So he went straight from high school to the Indians. Since Feller never spent a day in the minors, the Indians essentially violated the rule that prohibited signing a sandlotter to a major league contract. You had to sign him to the minors first. Um, he worked out with the club and pitched for a Cleveland amateur team. So then, um, then Commissioner Landis, he had to investigate this and he had to yell at Slapnicka for recruiting and signing guys illegally. You know, they reported him to the minor leagues, but he never came. They just kind of did a workaround. But, but with this situation, so they almost lost Feller, but Feller and his father insisted, insisted that they remain in Cleveland. They were like, no, we don't care if we skirted the rules. We like Cy, and we're going to stay in Cleveland. And the commissioner was like, okay, fine, I don't care. Which seems like a weird ruling. He just made he just made the Indians pay seven thousand five hundred dollars, and then Feller got to stay on the Indians, which is really weird, because it seems like everyone was like, "Yeah, he did wrong, but we don't care." I don't get it. And then he did this with another guy. Who was the other guy? He did this with. He did it with another player, and it didn't work. And. Uh, Ah, what's this guy's name? There was another player that he tried to do that they they messed around with, that Slapnicka messed around with, and 
He eventually went to the Yankees. Oh, I can't think because uh, they they basically the Rule Five draft didn't exist in baseball, so that he was blocked. And the Indians weren't promoting him, but he was good player, and he went to Commissioner Landis. Imagine that a minor leaguer going to the commissioner and being like, Commissioner, they're screwing me up over here. I should be in the bigs, but they won't play me. And then the commissioner went to every other team and like, would you sign this guy? Would he play for you? And every other team was like, yeah, we'd sign him. And then and then they signed him. Our commissioner Landis said, all right, he's a free agent because you guys are messing around. Just declared him a free agent. I had to find this guy's name because it's – it's a common name. He went to the Yankees. But the scout game was weird back then. But Cy was supposed to, supposedly the biggest the biggest scout going. What was his name? Tommy Henrik went to the Yankees. He was really good. So there you go, Cy Slapnicka. I mean, we have his career here. I don't know how good it's going to be if we want to look at it or not. He barely played. He played in three games in 1911, lost both of them, pitched 24 innings, gave up nine earned runs. He was 25 years old. Then he got called up again in 1918 when he was 32 years old and pitched in six games. So I see why he was much more famous as a scout. 1911, it's the year my great-grandmother, Elizabeth Madigan, was born. She's the best, and I love her. Um, October, so he just got called up for October? Did he pitch in the postseason? No, the season just went into late October. Eight innings pitched, seven runs, eight innings pitched. So this was a good game. His second game ever, Chicago Cubs versus the Pittsburgh Pirates. Nickname check. Bobby, Tommy, Max, Honus, Wagner, Chief Wilson, Alex, Bill, George, Babe, uh, Johnny, Jimmy, Wilbur, Joe, Dave, Frank, Jim, Vic, Solly, Peaches. Peaches got to be a nickname. Peaches and Solly. Morning. I was a half hour off. Of what? I looked at the clock. I thought it was 9 a.m. I wish it was. I got a really late start. I'll try to go quick. You're good, dude. Late night. We got to change. I just, I was telling them, like, I can't do that again. You got to change. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I cannot, I can't do the th- four hours of sleep turnaround again. So I don't, I don't know what we change, but to figure it out. You want to change the way we eat? Change the way we think. Just remember the Titans, yeah. Dining room scene? No, I think it's the, on the field at camp. What is Spain? Isn't that that part? What is Spain? Hey, go listen to talk, go listen to laughs from the past today. We got a little laughs up. It's all about the Spanish spy. <laughs> Jake and I were in a very silly mood. It's like a twenty minute up. Go check that out. Um, I don't know what I was talking about with this dude. Oh, we were doing a nickname check. George Frederick. Graham, nicknamed Peaches. It's from Long Beach, California, so I don't know why he was called Peaches, and he's got no bio on him on baseball reference. Let's see if he's got a Wikipedia. He's not from Atlanta. I thought maybe that's why they called him Peaches. Um, No, they don't have the reason why he was called Peaches on here. So, So I guess 
We'll just all go fuck ourselves. This guy's name was Solly. His nickname was Circus Solly. His real name was Arthur. How do you get how do you get the nickname Solly? Well, nickname check. Uh, known as Circus Solly, a nickname uh, attributed to a comic strip character from the 1900s, while others swore it came from his spectacular circus catches. Yeah, probably his mom. No, they don't call him that after the cartoon character. They call him that after the great circus catches he makes. Moms. Uh, Babe Adams had a complete game shutout, and Cy Slapnicka came in in the second inning and then pitched the rest of the way. How about that? Way to go, Cy. Way to go. You're going to be a better scout than a player, and everybody knows it. It don't be embarrassed. It's just the way it's going to go for you. That's what the fortune teller told her. And those fortune tellers told filters. Um, all right, I think that's all we have. Slapnicka could tow the line when it was needed. In the pursuit of Herb's score, he sold him on the Indians and eventually inked him to a deal without directly talking to the youngster about signing a requirement since score was underage. Cy would simply take the score family out to dinner and talk up the organization, including its history of excellent pitchers, which at the time included Bob Feller, Earl Wynn, Mike Garcia, and Bob Lemon. As score later noted, there's no getting away from it. When you're talking to the man that signed Bob Feller and he's interested in signing you, you pay attention. So that's how he did it. He's just like, hey, dude, I, I signed good pitchers. You want to be a good pitcher? Because all I do here is sign good pitchers. And then the, the little 18-year-old kid's like, Mom, I want to be a good pitcher. Let's sign with Cy. And Cy does it. And then Judge Landis comes, gets him in trouble. <sighs> Cy, one of the best scouts of his time. I'm trying to find the picture of Jake and I at the Bob Feller Museum. We didn't get to go in because it was closed. But we sure had ourselves a grand time at the Bob Feller Museum. Back in 20 October of 2013, I believe. Van Meter, Iowa. The Bob Feller Museum. Closed weekdays, I believe. Um, this is so stupid that I'm continuously to scroll. You know, you get you get too deep, you know? I'm like three years back on my personal Instagram looking for this picture. And at this point, I'm just too, I'm too deep to stop. If I stop now, you know, and the payoff's not worth it. You guys surely don't want to see this picture. No one cares. But I'm too deep. Now Instagram's not even loading. Maybe I'll do this on the side as we move on to the Coozer poem. He's talking about a poem now? What the hell is this morning show? What a weirdo. Jerry definitely needed more sleep. He's not sleepy enough. Bob Feller, Bob Feller. Bob Feller's his name. 
He could throw the ball hard. He could throw the ball lame. Bob Feller, Bob Feller, Bob Feller, we cried. If we don't see Bob Feller, I think we will die. I think I have it. This is so dumb. What is this show? And why do people watch? Should have gotten more sleep. Here's a picture of me at a toga party. There you go. Now let's get back to finding Jake and I at the Bob Feller Museum. A lot of pictures of Jake and I here. A lot of pictures of Jake and I. Can't find it. Over it. Pissed. Ah, uh, not into it. Shouldn't have never done it. Should have never committed to this. It's just not worth it. It was never worth it. No one has ever cared. Oh, wait. Here we are. I found it. There we are. Jake and I at the Bob Feller Museum. As the crowd goes, it was worth it. Good job. Good job. What a what a find. Boy was it worth that. Great job, Jimmy. Way to persevere and find the picture of you and Jake outside the Bob Feller Museum. We were waiting. And that's all I had to say about that. All right, someone pick a page. Someone pick a page. We're doing Coozer because obviously I didn't have time to prep anything. I'm pretty excited about tomorrow's show. The town and the documentary on the Friday documentary are the same thing. So, bam. Uh, Detroit Dabber says page 46. Have we done 46? After the funeral, cleaning out the medicine cabinet. Yeah, hell yeah, Detroit Dabber. Way to choose an uplifting one. Here we go. This poem is called After the Funeral, Cleaning Out the Medicine Cabinet. This, should, this will pick all our spirits up perfectly. Behind this mirror, no new world opens to Alice. Go ask Alice. We'll drop a little acid in her drink. She got fucked up. Instead, we find the old world rearranged in rows, a dusty little chronicle of small complaints and private sorrows. Each cough caught dry and airless and amber, the sore feet powdered and cool in their yellow cans. So we got foot powder. We got stuff for a cough. Um, to this world turned the burning eyes after their search, the weary back after its lifting. Okay, so burning eyes, maybe some red eye, weary back after its lifting. The heavy heart like an old dog sniffing the lids for an answer. Okay, wow. So you're going to the medicine cabinet, sniffing the lids, trying to figure out how this person died or how they survived, how they lived. 
No one of us unscrews the caps and tries the air of each disease. Ugh. Another puts the booty in a shoebox, tins of laxatives and aspirin and corn pads and razor blades, while still another takes the vials of secret sorrows, the little pills with faded, lonely codes, holding them out the way one holds a spider pinched in a tissue and pours them down the churning toilet away. Sad stuff. Sad stuff. Never been there. Never gone through the medicine cabinet of someone that died. I guess I will someday. Everyone sees a body once or twice. Whoa. Ted Kuzer. Usually it's kind of light. That was a little dark. Actually, Ted got us twice in a row with dark stuff. How about that? People just joined. Did he just read a poem about what I think he read that poem about? What the hell was that? Big fan of Ted Kuzer. Serena Marie says, death pod per usual. Heavy episode. Tell you that. But we all found we found the Bob Feller picture. To that, we're all thankful and we think it's going to be a fantastic day. Um, I don't know what else. As I was reading that, there was something that I it reminded me of, and I was going to talk about it, and then I, I kept going. Oh, the idea of like going through a medicine cabinet and seeing like how did this person survive? What were their ailments? What were their cures? It's kind of crazy. Medicine cabinet is pretty personal. There was an old Reddit post once that always sticks with me. Like if someone got your body for a day. What warnings would you have to give them? Well, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that happens. You're going to need to do this. It's kind of a fun question. Like, I I take an acid reducer because I have heartburn nonstop. If I don't take my acid reducer pill in the morning, I can't survive. If I don't take my acid reducer pill in the morning and then I eat a bagel with cream trees, I'm basically dead for the day. It's basically like a go sit on the couch. Your chest is going to feel like an Alka-Seltzer pill got dropped into water and just fizzing up your throat all day like this. So everyone in the YouTube, just comment what warning would you have to heed to someone who got to live in your body for a day? Also, my right ankle, it locks up, and then I have to crack it. Like, ah. Well, I cracked it right before. But, uh, yeah, if I fall asleep in bed, I'll just be cracking it, and Katie will be like, what's that? And I'll be like, well, my ankle's locked up. Got to crack it. So that's that's something. So just everyone, your deepest, darkest secret. Is that even acidic? Dairy. Someone said bagel with cream cheese. The cream cheese. If I do bagel with butter, it's not that bad. But um, cream cheese, dairy, just murders me. So everyone leave your deepest, darkest. If you lent your body to someone, what would you be like? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you're going to want to know about this, and here's how we handle it. Boom. I'm out. I'm out. Jeffrey Martin, sing us out. The daddy used one long cigarette, and his mama walked out on... Someone asked me to do the Jada Kiss laugh on the way out. Ha-ha! <laughs> Top streets in the rain in the dark when the city was dead. 
The machine gone asleep, he could hear himself think, and he liked what he saw in his head, her sad blue eyes. He found work at the yard, picking apart cars out on Springfield and Lariat. Bye, guys. Likes a girl with scars on her arms, it proves she ain't seen what she wants to yet, with her sad blue eyes. Don't you see it, boy? Everything's a circle in this town. The best you get.